It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective characters, you know. Uh, uh, three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. And James is here. I don't know what that was, Dennis. Thanks for asking. The opinions are our own, but don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we'll be sharing our experience on Are Triggers Real? In this episode 160 of the Defective Characters Podcast. Let's go. Woohoo. All right. All righty. Do we, we don't have to apologize to Dennis for anything this episode, right, James? He, no, he no. was supposed to meet us at the morning meeting, but he didn't. You, you threw leaves in my coffee, so you can apologize for that. They were holly leaves, and hollies are poisonous, so I'm very sorry. There you go. Does it feel better? No. <laughs> now I'm scared. Oh, my God. I'm they, gonna... they were only in there for a second. They weren't really holly leaves, though. Yeah. They were. No. Ah, those are holly leaves. That's not a holly bush. Yes, it is. It is, for sure. Oh, we got a fight. All right. So, a lot. I have them in my courtyard. So, so we'll do the last week, and then I'll talk about how the, the there were a couple topics I pitched to Dennis. And I think, because I think James was working, Dennis responded pretty quickly and uh, said that he didn't like the topic that we decided to do today. And I'll explain why. He said, who in their right, I think he said, who in their right mind would, would think that they're not real, right? Something along those lines. It's not that I don't like the topic. I just find it hard to believe that. Are, is there actually a camp of argument and people are like, oh, triggers aren't real? Like, so so I'll, I usually don't get things started on the last seven days. But just to keep the circle, I'll start with the, the last seven days and then go around. So that way we can um, I can explain what I meant on the topic. So thanks. Thanks, guys. They're going to go have breakfast. Well, <laughs> do you remember? We're still here, Mike. Third high. Well, so, we were just reading up on Hollies, and the Hollies exposure accounts for the third highest rate of genius-specific human plant exposure calls, so like poisonings, with 877 a year. That's crazy. Eight million, eight million seventy-seven a year. 877. 800,000? 800. That's not a lot. That's a it lot. Is when you think about, like, it's just a plant, right? That's commonly everywhere. Like, and, people are being poisoned by it. And don't usually people make out under those yeah. during the holidays. You think that's right? what happens? Is there making- that's that's a missile. Oh. Mistletoe. Missiles oh. also oh, really. I forgot the toast. The toast. The toast. <laughs> Missile. I'm thinking of like North Korea. Like, oh, okay. Shit. All right. Let's not get political here. All right. Political patty over here. Always wanting to throw in who you voted for and such. Um, so I, I the last seven days, uh, really solid. Outside of the fact I had plans to hang out with Dennis and see a movie, and uh, I started feeling a little sluggish. And not great, and was sick all weekend, and I was bummed out because I actually took Monday off. I'm good now, thanks for wondering. But I, you know, like, after you're sick, 
then you're tired because you were sick because your body was like trying to so today i feel like super sluggish i slept actually good not last night but the night before and that caused me to i slept too much so last night i was up until 2 a.m and i went back in our facebook messenger this is probably one of the best things i'm glad i did you ever like get something in your head and you're like, oh, that's a project I should work on. And then when you do it, you're like, ah, I'm going to enjoy that for years and years to come. So I went back in our old Facebook messaging group all the way back to when we started this in September of 2019. And there were pictures, not every episode, maybe like every three months that we just took a picture of the three of us either before or after we recorded or during. And, uh, and I have all those. So it's pretty, uh, pretty sweet. So I was glad that I, uh, I did that. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, I don't think there's really much of, uh, anything else. You guys, you guys enjoying the cooler weather that will be happening? Last week was great. Now it's humid again. Yeah. Now it's really freaking humid. But I, when you were sharing just now, it just reminded me you're not, now you're the producer of our show arguably the writer of our show the head host of our show and now the historian of our show so you got to archive all the history with the photos and everything officially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean what would an aa podcast be oh well, not really aa but like i guess recovery based right without pictures it's like that's true it's what you it's what you need yeah. We need to be seen, especially when Dennis and I and James have transformed so much. I would say James has probably transformed the least physically. Your beard has come and gone, right? A couple times over in those pictures. But outside of that, I think you probably aged the best. Aww. Would, you, would you agree? What about Dennis? I got fatter. I mean, I like I, I got really scrawny. And, like, I was big, then I got scrawny, and now I'm big again. So it feels good. You're not big again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got big from drinking protein shakes when I had really bad anxiety. But it's slowly coming off, slower than it went on. But uh, last, this past week, I don't know, um, we were supposed to go to a movie, and Mike backed out. He used the, oh, I'm sick excuse. Like, we haven't heard that before. Um, we were going to go see Amsterdam, which looks really freaking good, right? Yeah. Everyone agrees. Um, other than that, what did I do? I went to Disney Springs. I met up with an NFT person from the interwebs. Um, I tried to get James to go with me, but he didn't. So I was sad. I pulled a Dennis. Maybe I'll go. Exactly. (laughs) But I usually show up most of the time. Um, Yeah, it was cool. He gave me a coloring book. So that's awesome. (laughs) He knows his audience. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Other than that, I don't know. Did some stuff to register for the cruise that's coming up and stuff and had to like send in my or you know electronically send in my vaccination card and stuff so we'll find out if I have to get another vaccination I hope I don't um so yeah that's about it what'd you do James Uh, I just got a message from my 
almost 19 year old's mom that he got um he got a 98 on his math midterm exam in college so that's pretty cool he'll be uh 19 yeah so he'll be 19 in a couple days he wants a a computer desk so it's like thank god he still doesn't want a car (laughs) sure computer desk no problem just pick it out and i'll get it for you and uh, the other son wants a gaming computer. He sees his brother having so much fun. So his mom is... Is this for Christmas or they just randomly want it? Well, his birthday is coming up in a couple of days. Oh. And then the other son, his birthday is in March. But I guess his mom is picking out Prime Day. It's Amazon Prime Day, I guess. So she, she found a gaming computer for like 700 where it's usually 1200 She's like, can you pay half? I was like, sure, whatever. You know, it's still a lot of money, but, you know. Hey, if the son wants a gaming computer, get him a gaming computer. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, You know, like I told you guys before, like, you know, monetarily, it's an easy way for me to be there. You know, if they need something and it'll make them happy. Um, I'm still doing the gym three times a week, uh, which is good. I'm not really seeing a difference, but I feel a difference. Um, it'll probably be six months before me because I sure let my my belly get big. Uh, it takes time. I took uh, I was a f- I keep doing photography at the church, which is really cool. They give me like this beautiful thousand dollar camera that I get to go and take f- shots of. Like, when you say you're doing photography for the church, what do you mean? So during church, <clears throat> I'll go and. Um, I'll take pictures of the worship where they're singing stuff, so I get up. I can get up on stage wherever I want and and get the great shots. Then when the pastor is up there, I have to get a great picture of him for him. Of him, I have to run to the back to the sound booth, upload the picture, so I have a thumbnail for the live service that's going on. <laughs> so it's like a process. And then um, there was also. Uh, baptisms that day so I took a lot of pictures of that and there was a picnic that day I invited you and uh, his response was oh that'll never happen I was like that is because I was already meeting with someone (laughs) like you come all the way to Florida and you'd be like oh show me something to do okay let's go to the church picnic yeah tourists don't want to go to church picnic yeah they do (laughs) (laughs) so uh, it was good and I took about 330 pictures. So now today I have to sort through them and get some good ones. But other than that, it's good. I miss those kids, so I'm going to try to find a way to go see them soon. Thanks, James. I um, Oh, I mentioned this. You might know. Do you, do you James, I mentioned it in the morning meeting. Dennis, do you know who Dennis Eckersley is? You guys share the same first name, so... You ever heard the name? He was he was a world famous baseball player in the in the seventies, eighties, and nineties for like twenty five years. That's the only reason that I I said it might be a thing. So I was uh, I shared in the meeting that I thought it was um, interesting that I as far as the tradition of letting people know that you're like in recovery. I feel like there's more people nowadays where it's more accepting to talk about it. Maybe after you get a couple decades, right? You're like, I'm not going to go back to it. I know there's nothing left in it for me. Uh, Because he had, at that point, he had 
something like 30 years when he started mentioning about it. He just retired and he was kind of talking about all the miracles. And then, unlike. While he was playing baseball and doing interviews, he never mentioned it. And then once he retired. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It makes a lot of sense, I mean, actually. He, he pitched for 25 years, and he commentated for 25, and he just retired from all of it. So he did 50 years in baseball. And he got sober uh, with, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years left that he was still playing baseball. So he was well into uh, it at that point. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I guess it made me think of this topic of, because um, he mentioned that there were certain things in life that triggered him to act a certain way and he didn't want to deal with stuff, so he picked up a drink. And in early sobriety, that's what I was told uh, by my first sponsor. I think it was one of the first meetings that I went to about be careful of triggers. And I haven't looked up the definition of what a trigger is. I think everybody has a, a different one, but I also think it changes. Um, in early sobriety, it, it triggers me to have a thought that might lead me toward a drink, you know, um, where I don't know if you guys dealt with actually like salivating at the thought of a drink that you like needed it or a drug, whatever it was, where something, whether it's a really hot day in your sitting down for a meal and usually when you have a burger you have a drink um but there were those triggers that would be visual triggers were the first thing that was tough to break and then it was uh, mental so anytime i was going through anything difficult i would say i want to escape this i want to do it right now and i would it would trigger me and then i learned some of the tools of the program that prevented every tool prevented me from getting to that point so that irritability and agitation would prevent me from getting to that spot where it was even in my mind that that was an option so a question that i want to pose with this is are triggers real if you're working the program and I don't think that they, I don't think they are. I think it's something that people say when they don't want to participate in whatever is going on. There is a lot of people that do that. And already Dennis looks like he's going to kill me. But that's, that's the way I, that's the way I feel. And I don't mean to, like, sometimes things will trigger me and I'll be just a complete, I'll be an asshole. And it will trigger me to be that person, like a dry drunk. That's what it does nowadays. And I have to catch myself and like pause. We're going to talk about how God like intervenes. When if I'm left to my own ways, I will be that person. And then everybody, it said like, there's a lot of people that get sober, right? And they say, just get away, get away, stay away from me. And then everybody leaves. And then it's like, then you're all by yourself because you pushed everybody away and they finally started listening to you. Um, and the program of uh, the steps made it so those triggers, like they don't even come up. 
I can I can be in a bar. James works at a bar, you know. And if being around that stuff was a trigger, I you you would have to find other employment, you know, to to buy that that computer desk. So, who wants to go next, Dennis? Sure. Okay. Triggers. Yeah, I mean, I can see your point. What do you, I don't need the questions. Thank you. You just got to memorize. Yeah. I've what got enough your- of a rant to go off of. Um, no, I, I see your point, but my argument would be that it's, it's semantics, right? Like, triggers exist, right? So, like, my definition of a twi- trigger is imagine, like, Everyone's had this experience, right? Where all of a sudden you smell something like a deodorant or a perfume or a flower or something. And then all of a sudden it reminds you of a memory from your childhood or the past or something or of someone, right? That's a trigger. That scent triggered a memory in your head. So with alcoholics, we develop um, triggers that bring into mind our drinking or our behavior, right? So if you always drank on football Sunday for like 20 years, right? And then all of a sudden you quit drinking every time that you go to a football party on Sunday or something, chances are you're going to be thinking about drinking. Now, I think what changes over our time in sobriety is one, how we react to those triggers, right? So before, whenever we got triggered and like the thought of I want to drink jumps in our head, you know, we'd be off to the races. Everything we did, or like I should say me, not we, but everything I did would be like, you know, how to get it and and, and drink it or use it or whatever. You know, that was it became that obsession where now if that if like a situation or an act triggers that thought in my head my reaction to it and my actions because of it are different if that makes sense you know what i'm saying it's like like my sponsor says like rewriting the tape you know what i'm saying so like our whole life we develop these habits and these characteristics of who we are as people and the goal one of the goals of recovery is to change that we rewrite that tape you know we don't have to react to the situations the same way anymore so like early on like my recover or my triggers for like drinking and stuff and like before when i was trying to quit before i even came into the rooms and stuff were things like boredom you know like oh i have nothing else to do so why not get messed up it, it will fill up the boredom spot or things like um like uh like going out with people in a sense then more of a social thing so if other people are drinking and having a good time and i'm with them then that even if i don't want to drink that makes me want to drink you know but over time because of recovery and the things that i've gone through now i if i'm bored like my new like reaction or what it triggers now is like oh i'm gonna go play minecraft or i'm gonna go do something else it's not as destructive as before um 
But as someone with like my anxiety, my depression, I do, I still have triggers that aren't related to alcoholism, you know, and sometimes depending on how balanced I am, those triggers could send me into a panic attack or, or not. And that's something I got to work with. But, so um, right now, what works the best when that does come up? Like, do you, what would you consider the last time that you felt like that? Like triggered from drinking or just triggered in general? General. Uh, well, I would say the other day when I went and met the guy from the internet, you know, of, like one, it was out of my bubble. It was going to a really crowded place that was really crowded. And I was meeting someone that I didn't really know, even though I had talked to him in voice chat and stuff before. Um, that's triggering for me. So my, my response to that normally is, you know, to just not go, stay in my bubble and, and whatnot. But uh, you mentioned, like, what God plays a part in that. To me, it does. You know, like, I have to, like, keep in mind and, like, know that like even though I feel like this like that you know I'm where I'm supposed to be and God has my back you know like I'm gonna be okay so just do it and that's easier sometimes than others or whatever but I think it's that same mindset applies to drinking too right that when you get triggered and I want to drink or I want to smoke pot or something like that. Knowing that, like, like for me, anyways, whenever I was, like, going through it and early sobriety and stuff, it was hard, right? It's painful. So it's like, I want, like, this head shit to stop. I want this craving shit to stop. I want this feeling to stop. And typically alcohol or smoking pot would stop that. So, like, going through that, knowing that like I'm where I'm supposed to be that God has me safe that if I go through this without drinking or whatever then things will get better you know it's the same thing so I guess that's the I mean God is the only thing that can help me you know when it's something inside my head I guess so you you think triggers are real they're just different I think they're very much real it's a psychological thing um I think they're different for everyone and I think they change I think as humans we change right and hopefully recovery, you know, we have a, a friend of ours, right, in the meeting, Babe, who often says in a share, and I know a lot of people don't like it, but he, he'll share, say in his share that like, oh, I'm past alcohol, you know, I could take a bath in it and not have a problem and stuff, right? Uh, early on in sobriety, he wouldn't be able to do that. But to me, that's an exaggerated, like he obviously doesn't really mean he's going to take a bath in it. But it's an exaggerated example of how our triggers change, mm. right? So, like, hopefully if we do the steps and we do the program and we're involved in stuff, that alcohol loses that power over us, right? So our triggers change. But then there might be something that, like, a broken shoelace or something that might not cause us to drink but could send us back into that mentality, like, that attitude that you mentioned and stuff, you know? Yeah, I just don't like it because that's wasting alcohol. It's Taking not gonna. Yeah, it. it's not gonna clean you. 
I you know? imagined it would burn, right? If it got into certain orifices. Oh, especially if you have wounds, and I don't want to think about your, your orifices. <laughs> you know you want to think about my orifices. Yeah. If you ever go into a doctor's office and he says, step into my orifice, know that you're at the wrong place. Okay? I paid That's... extra for that. <laughs> yeah. I bet you did. All right. There's a reason that you don't have your MD license, right? Yeah, I dropped out of high school. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, James. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Hello. Um, Triggers is a a good topic. I don't know if I can necessarily say I believe or don't believe in them. I just think they're a term that was brought up by one wise person one day. And I think it was started in the the rehabs. Because you don't see it in the book, really. I don't... I don't think I ever saw trigger in the big book. But um, for me, a trigger is anything in the outside world that that would have me react in a certain way. Um, such as um, like the heat. Like if I'm, if I'm hot, I get irritable and I get uncomfortable. And sometimes I can be um, angry and mean. And um, I try not to I be. I can validate that. Thanks, Dennis. You're welcome. And um, so I'm really enjoying this cooler weather. And But what can I do about that trigger? Well, you know, sometimes I can bear it. And I can, I can tell you guys about it so it's out there. So you guys know if I'm acting a little different that um, I'm triggered by this heat. And then, or I can get in my car and we can all have the AC and then I'm okay. But ultimately, um, am I being selfish? Is it really that hot? You know? But, um... It's pretty hot. It's pretty hot, yeah. Um, so I was first told about triggers um, probably in 2008 when I first went to a rehab. I hadn't really read the big book, but uh, I heard, you know, we would have little one-on-one sessions with, um, I don't know, guidance counselors or therapists is what they were called counselors therapists and like oh what are your triggers and then i was like i was like well what do you mean he's like well what what would make you drink or drug again i was like well when i go back home i know that my wife has a bottle of pills on her in her purse all the time because she has a prescription that's a big trigger he's like oh and you're going back to that house was it just knowing that they were there or was it like seeing them or whatever? Both. Yeah. And, and she got, I got to the point where she would hide them all over the house and I would make it my mission to find them. So it was it, just knowing that they were in the house with me was such a big trigger for me. And no matter what, I would find them. I would take what I wanted and I didn't care about the consequences. And we would fight and fight and fight. Uh, ultimately, you know, that relationship didn't work out. And as far as I know, she is still on those. And I think that that would be a big trigger for me. Even though I've had a spiritual experience, if I knew that they were in the house and I was having a bad day, I, I might be looking for those. So that's... You, you think so? Because like, Maybe, I don't know. Is it, is it different than like being around alcohol all day? Because you're around alcohol all day. You're right. That's true. I don't know. I think my, my breaking point for me... Alcohol is part of my story, but those... Um, the painkillers were really what brought me down and got me really addicted. So, um, you know, I think that was a, a big trigger. And um, 
in early sobriety, um, luckily I'm not around that. Um, I did ask my my sponsor, you know, if I could get a job as a bartender. He said, "Yeah, just don't drink," and and that was it. And I haven't had a sip since. So, um, are triggers real? I think they can be, depending on the person. You know, again, they're just it's just a construct. And um, I think if you have God as your center and your higher power, um, you can have triggers, but you can go. I'm I'm creating a trigger right now. Whenever I'm feeling discomfort or any disease, I can go right to God. So anytime I'm angry or disillusioned or just sad, I can go right to God. So any discomfort is my trigger to go to God. So you see how I kind of flipped that? That's what I'm working on today. I'm rewriting the tape. So whenever I have a trigger, I go right to God. So it's kind of a cool thing. Because it gives me an opportunity to talk to God more. So that's what I got. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I also look at it like this. Somebody goes out, right? They say, oh, I mean, they they picked up a, a drink. They, they relapsed long before they picked up the drink. Or, the, or they did the drug. They stopped going to meetings. They stopped implementing the program. So I guess it's those things. If you're working any sort of program, there are walls in place that make it more difficult to then pick up. If you don't have any of those things, then you will be most likely triggered to go back to that thing. I never thought that I would be okay with having um, alcohol in the house, like hard alcohol, because I was putting water in it. And clear alcohols. I'm like, I can't have, can't have gin, can't have vodka, can't have clear rum. I can't have any of that in the house. Because in the past, I put water in it. And my sponsor said, yeah, so don't put water in it. Like, have it in the house. But stop yourself before you're like, oh, I'm going to pour myself some and then pour water in it. And he's like, who cares? Have this stuff in there. You know, I still, I never had a problem with pills, but I always had, uh, when I broke my leg three years ago, four years ago, I guess now, at that point, uh, I gave the medication to my then wife and I said, yeah, just hold on to it. I said, you don't have to hide it. It's just, you know, just give me the, just because I didn't want to go down that. Because I think in my head I would have rationalized and I, I would have been like, well, it was never a problem for me. So, and then it, I, it would have became a problem because I've heard enough stories of that. So, as it comes to triggers, I know that, uh, you know, today I don't, even, I don't even have that gun to have that, that trigger. Sometimes things will trigger emotions. Like if I look at pictures, it will trigger a thought. It'll trigger this. But triggering uh, picking up a drink or a drug, that's a thing of the past. I think really just because of the program, God, and, uh, and you guys. So appreciate you. I, I, think, I think some of what your argument is too, though, is like it's almost like a question of is triggers a valid excuse? Right. 100%. Where, yes. where 
you know, you can look at like newcomers and it's like, oh, why did you drink? Oh, I drank because of this. Well, okay, that might have like put a thought in your head, but that's not the reason you drank. You know what I'm saying? So is it a valid excuse? No. Triggers you're only like as valid of just being aware so you can take action to do something against. You know, when you ultimately drink, you drink because you wanted to drink. You know, and there's a million reasons why you could blame to it. But we're alcoholics. We're good at coming up with excuses. And if it's easier to say is like, oh, I drank because I had a bad day at work or I drank because of this. It's like there's a million people in the world that do have bad days that don't drink because of it. So, you know, be aware of your triggers so you can take action and do about it. But they're not excuses. It's not a reason to drink. I feel like I'm a thousand years old. There were a group of girls that when Dennis was sharing walked by and they're dropping F-bombs left and right. And I'm like, where are their parents? And then they just walked into a car. Apparently one of them's old enough to drive and they look like they're 12. <laughs> are we that old? Don't answer that. We, we are that old. God, man. Parents, it's never too late to teach your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. On that. Sorry. No, you're not. I don't even know if you are. I don't know. I'm sh- sorry I triggered James. Yeah. It's fine. Well, See, it's get- getting hot. It's getting hot, Dennis. All right. It's well, pretty freaking humid. You know what? And I have some good news for James. James, you ready? Poop. You know what we're going to do next week? Poop. We haven't done it in many a week. Taren Share. So, Dennis. I need your help. This week, I need you to pick out 10 of the topics that we have not done yet. Write it down on pieces of paper, and we will add in additional topics into the ones that we've done before. So there'll be brand new topics we have not made a part of Terran Share that are some of the best of. We'll give you some stickers. Yeah, and you can put stickers in there. stickers already. Yeah. What you know what? Finders keepers. What do you want? And we'll be back next Thursday sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode 161 with an effective character. It's entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember, there's a tool for every trigger. And we'll see you next time. Nut. You don't there's like that one? There's a tool for every nut. What? There's a tool for every nut. But we're talking about triggers, okay. not nuts. There's a trigger for every trigger. <laughs>